Welcome to episode 14 of Grace Touch. I am here again today with the lovely, amazing child of God, my partner, not in crime, of course, but in holiness. Natalie, hi everyone. Hello, so what's the title of our episode, Natalie? Single. Ah, wow. Okay, that's uh, quite the declaration. Um, the way you said it, Natalie, it's like somebody's wearing it like a banner that they're yes. proud of. And uh, I, yes, I was good. going to tell you, I hope that you noticed the happy tone. Yes, I did. Single. <laughs> with a smile. So it's single with a smiley. Yeah, the smiley is silent, but it's there. Yes, we would like to talk about singleness. Um, I read, I stumbled across this sort of article that talks about the Apostle Paul's uh, views of marriage and singleness. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just I just, I just want to read a bit uh, because there is a tendency sometimes in some Christian circles, so not all of them, to consider marriage as the aim, probably because of Genesis 2.18 that says it is not good that man should be alone, okay? And the fact that God created the human humankind, male and female, that he created for Adam a helper slash paraclete, and yes, it is the same word, comparable to him. Why he because he said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. So all these things indicate that marriage is central to the Lord's original original intentions for the human race. There's also the fact that the relationship between Christ and the church is symbolized by marriage, basically. It is we are all walking collectively as a body of Christ towards a wedding with our bridegroom. So marriage is central to creation. Would you agree, Natalie? Uh, yes. Okay. Short and sweet, you're keeping it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this said, God has no issue with singleness. In fact, our beloved Apostle Paul was quite partial to singleness himself. Um, so we just want to also draw straight away a distinction between singleness and a celibate life. Make sure everybody is clear on the difference. So singleness can be a choice. It's the decision not to be married, for example, when we could be looking for a partner for life. Sometimes it happens to some people for a variety of reasons, such as the inability to find a suitable mate, the death of a spouse, difficult family situations, medical or financial difficulties, etc. In church, it would be the imbalance between the number of women and men in church, which is a well-known fact. There are, I think, roughly, and please forgive me if I'm wrong, whoever is listening, but I think there's roughly twice as, twice as more women in church as men. Celibacy, oh, and singleness can also be a choice. You know, some people don't want to get married. Celibacy is a vocation. 
It's like a gift that God grants to some people. Uh, the Bible talks about it, particularly the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 7, 7, when he says, I wish that all men were even as myself. He's talking about his choice to be single because to Paul, singleness was the ideal choice for a Christian. Okay, but I'm not going to give you all the nuggets that I prepared beforehand. Um, I just wanted to set this standard on what we are talking about when we say singleness. Would you like to start with an introduction to um, Natalie before we jump into the Bible verses? Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very glad that we're talking about this topic because I think that it's very relevant. Um, I've been wondering if how different it is to be single today compared to, let's say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, I know, um, you know, from talking with some friends that being single is handled differently um, by people. For example, like you mentioned in the beginning, we are social beings. So we fall into depression if we stop having regular contacts with people. If we're all alone, isolated, and by extension uh, of the way we are built, it's natural to want to be with someone, to want to have a meaningful, deep, romantic relationship and build together toward, um, build a future together. But at the same time, um, I'm wondering if um, I'm basically wondering if um, there is something, a link between the age we are and the fact that we are single. You know, um, for example, people talk about the biological clock. This is not what I'm referring to. But once we reach a certain age, is that, and we're still single, is that more, still more on our mind? Are we starting to question ourselves because we're still not with a partner? Um, are we starting to question God because we still haven't found the right person? And also for those of us who have chosen to be single until this day, um, it's been interesting for me to question a different period of my life, why I was single, why I made that choice. Because in my case, it was, it's was it been a, a choice, um, except for the time when I was married. But, you know, um, and I think it's very interesting to look at our heart when, when we're in, in that state, in terms of, is that, for example, a reaction to something that happened to me in the past? So meaning... Is this coming from a place where I have peace about it or is it coming from a place where I'm hurt and therefore it's a door that I've decided to close? But that also means that I'm not letting healing coming through that door. And I'm not, you know, um, I'm not interested in confronting whatever feels like there. So that is, I think, one aspect that in, in you know, so hard my life I've come to think about, explore. Another aspect, and everything I say is not just personal experience. Like I mentioned, it's talking with several of my friends and people I know are sometimes even just talking with strangers. You know, we just happen to open up about those things. 
Uh, another interesting aspect has been handling society's pressures when we are single and when we've made that choice. And the pressure can come even from within the church where people won't be very subtle about it. And some people will ask you point blank, why are you still single? As if it's as easy as going to the supermarket, putting something in your card and going through the cash register and boom, it's done. Um, you know, some people will try to set you up even without you asking, um, invite you to the house. And next thing you know, there is another single person there and they think they're doing well. <laughs> But things can become very quickly awkward. Um, some people, unfortunately, can dismiss you. Again, because you are single, it can also be related to your age. You know, you're at this age and you're still single or you're too young or whatnot, right? Um, so I'm very happy that we are talking about this today. And... Um, yeah, I, I'm. I, yeah, I'm excited. So, I'm. I'm. You know, passing the baton to Coco at this point. That was uh, very, very interesting, Natalie. Thank you for highlighting those things. Um, what you said is very pertinent. Uh, you were talking about so almost at one point using singleness as a covering, a protection, which would then be linked to the spirit of rejection because potentially you've been hurt before. So to those who use these strategies, we just want to encourage you, we can totally relate, but we also want to tell you that the only true refuge is Jesus. So as attractive as that kind of pattern might be, you're going to have to let go of it <laughs> because as soon as we place anything in Jesus's place, we get, we're in trouble, basically. Yeah. It's just a gentle nudge, but let's carry on. So shall I just read a few of those verses, Natalie? Yes, please um, go ahead. Thank you. Okay. Right. So we have Colossians 3.23, and I'm reading in the King James Version, old school. <laughs> and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So... We can be single unto the Lord. Colossians 3, 23, that's what the Apostle Paul is calling us to do, to do everything unto the Lord. So we offer our lives unto the Lord. So it's no longer, oh, I'm disappointed in women, I'm disappointed in men, I don't want da da da, I've been hurt before. It's, I offer myself to you, whether I'm married or single. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily, with our full heart and dedication, as to the Lord and not unto men. Okay, so there's that invite that is open also for singleness. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I had no pleasure in them. Why am I giving this verse? I know it talks about youth, but because generally when we're young, we're not married yet. We're still single. And it is a time when we're free and we can then decide to dedicate that freedom that we have to God. Singleness allows a freedom, especially if you're childless and single, it allows a freedom to serve the Lord um, more flexibly than somebody who may have family obligations. Okay? And uh, we can read about the verse that uh, distinguishes singleness and celibacy 
is Matthew 19, 10 to 12. Matthew 19, 10 to 12 says, and Jesus is Jesus talking to his disciples. The disciples say unto Jesus, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. But he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. Choosing the King James Version means the English is really odd, but I'm sure everybody understands. <laughs> all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. So except those to whom it's given, the ability to be celibate. Then verse 12 in Matthew 19 Jesus says, for there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So Jesus is talking about people who for some biological reason cannot engage, I'm guessing, in sexual relationships and because of that decide to be single. He's talking about some who were born that way, some who to whom it was inflicted because we know i'm sure everybody knows that if some of you don't know it's okay that in in the olden days some men used to be um, made into eunuchs for example because they worked in, in king's harems and had to take care of their wives uh king Xerxes, the persian king who um got married to esther in the bible had a eunuch Haggai, who selected esther among the ladies to get married to the king so there were those, so this is talking about celibacy. That's different. Sorry for Natalie, if I'm keeping you waiting for a while. I know you're like listening to the Bible anyway, so you're not going to be sorry, are you? So I just have two, yeah, too much Bible, two more Bible verses, three. There's 1 Corinthians 7, 7 to 8. Our dearly beloved Apostle Paul. He says, for I wish that all men were even as myself. So this is the New King James Version. For I wish that all men were even as myself. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. So the Apostle Paul here calls singleness a good thing. And I know it's not just him. It is good to be single. It is good to be married. It is good to be in whatever state we are, as long as we are doing it unto the Lord. My final reading is 1 Corinthians 732-35, still the Apostle Paul, he says, But I want you to be without care. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And I actually, I'm going to pause there before I read verse 34. I like that the Apostle Paul is singling out men, thinking about the ways in which they can please their wives. So if we have any male listeners, please take a leaf out of that book. Take a leaf out of that book. This is precious stuff. So again, verse 34, there's a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. See, she, in a way, she's keeping herself pure unto the Lord, for the Lord. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit. Not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. And I can tell you, beloved ones, I have been single as a Christian and I have been married as a Christian and I love marriage. Marriage is a blessing from God, but being married is distracting. <laughs> it is distracting. It can be distracting because you have to juggle your obligations to your husband or wife. If you have children, multiply that by four. <laughs> uh, and try to find a way of 
keeping your heart pure and united, completely dedicated to God. So um, I will I will give the floor to Natalie again. I just want to say uh, what I what I draw from all these Bible verses is that singleness is good. So I just want to speak that over the singles that are listening. There is nothing wrong with you. So some of you already know that. But for those who might be pining for marriage, aspiring to, you know, asking God, where is my spouse? Where is the person you've prepared for me? I just want to tell you, you are, you are, you are whole. You are perfect the way you are. You, you're not lacking a limb, you know. You're, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are enough alone. You're enough. God did not make any mistake when creating you. And he gave you everything you need. So you do not need somebody else to complete you. That is Jesus's job. And that only is only needed because the enemy, because the world is a fallen place, because of the work of the enemy on the world, in the, in the world. We need completion because the enemy who the Bible says has come to kill, steal, and destroy has taken stuff from us. So the completion is for the Lord to re, re to restore to us what was taken, killed, destroyed. But other than that, we are perfect the way we are. So single, we love you and you are enough. I just release that over you. Receive it. Be set free from hurt, from the, the gaping hole in your heart, from the pain in your stomach, from envy. I just went there, yes. Be delivered from jealousy. I went there. Be delivered from coveting other people's husbands or wives. I went there and I love you. That's why I go there. Um, and for those of you who are happy being single, bless you. This is a calling from the Lord. And this is something he wants you to be happy and satisfied in your state, whether you're single or whether you're married. And my final word on this is going to be to the church. And that includes me and my sister, Natalie. We need to do better with singles. We need to do better with singles. We are so marriage focused. We are so family focused. We are so children, etc. focused, which is brilliant. But we need to acknowledge that the single members of our body are a really valid part of our body, of the body of Christ. We can learn a lot from them. We can invite them into our married homes. We can include them more in the community. We can stop walking to them and saying, I'm praying for you as if they had a disease of some kind unless they asked for prayer for marriage. It's not a thing that we should do. We can be more sensitive around them. We can be more inclusive. Um, yeah, we can love them as they are because the Lord loves them just as they are. So yeah, that's it for me for now. Natalie, I'll give you the baton. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm still digesting everything that you shared. Um, as you stressed out, something that very strongly um, spoke to me and was so encouraging is, you know, when you pointed out that there is nothing wrong with being single and that being single is good and being married is good. Um, and basically, it's true that the Apostle Paul makes the point that it's equally good. So... And I want to emphasize that because, again, depending on which society you live in, you know, here I'm thinking of the Western world, I'm thinking of African cultures, I'm thinking of, you know, um, Asian cultures, again, where, and, you know, South in South America, you know, where, depending on your cultural context, you have that pressure of 
you have to be married before you reach a certain age. And I know that can be very difficult and stressful to handle because it will be coming from your family, your own family, from your parents, from your grandparents. Um, you can be, um, you know, they might be joking a little bit about that, but you still hear those words of, I'm not going to leave forever. When are you going to give me a grandchild? You know, that's a lot of pressure to put on, on one person. Um, and then even including your peers, again, I'm saying depending on, on, you know, which culture and society you're living at the moment, where people your own age will be looking at you in a funny way or act awkward around you or just make it awkward because, oh, you already passed 27 and you're still not married and you're still single and et cetera, et cetera. And I mentioned the biological clock, even when you're not concerned about it, you still might have people from your family or not, again, telling you you're not getting any longer. That's something that happens to women. I'm not sure that men hear the same speech, you know. So if you want to have children, it has to be now, um, you know, and all. Um, so I think I'm, I'm hoping that um, to anyone struggling with the fact that they are single at the moment, uh, my prayer is that God will give you peace. Because being single, there is joy in, in there, in the time that the freedom you have, the time you can spend with your friends, the time you, the, the time that you can spend very freely with God and, and your, you know, spiritual Christian, Christian family. Also, um, a piece of advice, of course, there are challenges. Being married is wonderful, but being married also comes with challenges. And same goes with being single. You know, there are times where your loneliness is going, you're going to feel it in a particularly sharp way. And it might feel unbearable at that time. And I can only share, you know, what works for me is reach out, like don't don't stay alone. You know, you this is when you really also want to make sure that you spend um, quality time with your friends, you know, and just spend time together, eating together, having, you know, wonderful conversations, whether your friends are, are married or not. And, you know, my, my point is don't, um, it's not something you need to carry alone or on your own and then um, if you and I hope that you, you do you've made a habit of praying of including prayer in your daily routine it's also something that is good to pray about just also to, to release it again it's not when it feels heavy when the crown <laughs> feels heavy it is not something that you need to carry on your own um Another thing which I'm sure you all already know is um, if that topic of being single is something that's been weighing on your heart, uh, you've been wondering how to handle it. Um, the Bible is full of examples of single people. It is interesting to read their lives, men or women, see how they live their lives, how they, you know, just learn from that, just reading about it. The book of Proverbs is full 
of uh, very practical words uh, or tips also on the topic. Um, the New Testament is full of sort of examples from the daughters of Philip, for example. Um, so there are just so many, so many examples, but it, it can be very encouraging. And those different passages, uh, stories, you know, will speak to you in, I'm sure, very particular way. It's going to be a different experience for everyone. Um, and also, this is going to be shocking to some, even though to the world we appear to be single, the Bible tells us that the moment you become a child of God, you also stop being single. In that God throughout the Bible, when it comes to the relationship that he wants with us and that he has with us through Christ, Christ, he talks of him as being the groom and he talks of the body of Christ, meaning the the group of believers as the body and as the bride. He keeps giving the analogy as of the marriage of a husband and wife. And my understanding is one of the reasons he uh, he made that analogy so central is because of the level and degree of intimacy that a wife and husband have. And so my point being that even though to the world you and I might appear single, to God's eyes, we're not. Why? Because he's with us. And he's telling us, I have loved you so much that I really want us to be one. I want us to have no secret for each other. I want you to know that I know you inside out, and I know your pain, and I know your joys. I know, you know, what makes you happy. I know the best, you know, environment for you. And I want to give you the best and I want you to prosper. This is written in the Bible. God wants us to prosper at all the levels, you know, all the areas of our life. And he's telling us in Isaiah 54, and he's talking to the woman who has been abandoned and she's been uh, made fun of. And she's being looked down on because it seems as if she has no children and that in that a period of time, it was a shame to be a barren woman. But he's telling her, Isaiah 54, verse 5, the Lord of hosts is your husband. The Lord of hosts is your husband. Sorry to jump in, but for the men listening, if you struggle with the image of the bridegroom of Christ as your husband, I just uh, pray that the Lord will open your mind to that. Um, of course, um, collectively, individually, it might seem a bit odd for a man, uh, but collectively, it makes sense as a body of Christ that we are the bride. It doesn't matter what our gender is, um, whether we're the bride and he's the bridegroom. So in that respect, he becomes your husband. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, it's a spiritual thing. So I pray that the Lord will help the men that are listening. Carry on, Natalie. Thank you for clarifying um, that, Coco. And so coming full circle with what I was saying, I'm just uh, emphasizing the level of intimacy that God is giving us in our relationship with him and that he wants us to have, whether you're single or married. But this is also meant to be a particular encouragement 
to the to the ones you know who like I said are single according to the world um in that you know God is telling you you're not single in that in that life of yours there isn't just you just the word single right um I'm your partner I'm working by your side I have your back and oh by the way I love you like you like the apple of my eyes this is in the book of Jeremiah I mean the Bible is full of love declaration uh, please um take the time to read it from beginning to end you will be amazed so those are uh, my parting words on this topic there is always more to explore and and please uh, as you if you keep thinking about it and um study on this on your own as always um you are invited to share your thoughts or question with us we are online grace touch we are on instagram we're on Facebook. Um, you have various ways to, to reach out. And we would love to hear from you if, if you'd like to, to share. Thank you very much, Natalie. Uh, those are perfect parting words. I would just like to point out a resource that exists in the UK. Um, I, I'm sure there are very good resources elsewhere, but because I don't know them, I'll just point this one out. So it's a ministry called Engage. Uh, the website is Engage dash mcmp.org.uk let me say that again engage hyphen mcmp.org.uk mcmp stands for making christian marriage possible so hear me out it's not a ministry that pushes people into marriage no quite the contrary uh, i'm going to read their vision it says to make singleness or marriage a genuine choice for all christian women and men through a church which is which is gender balanced and teaches about healthy Christian singleness, dating, and marriage. So I highly recommend this resource. I saw we had, we were blessed in our church to have a talk uh, by two of the people of them of them. I think there are six authors that wrote the latest book released by this network. Please, if you can, buy the book. Um, just to give you an idea why this was is so essential. Uh, I don't know if you know the, the figures for the UK uh, are that, for example, there are two men for three women in church, and one out of two in church are single. So there's a gender imbalance that forces even people who are not called to singleness into singleness. Does that make sense? So it's addressing that. Uh, the people who spoke talked about the fact that the church struggles to reach certain categories of men. And uh, the gentleman was saying it's often related to the love language of the Bible, or rather not so much because God knows how to speak to his children, but maybe to the way we present it, uh, the sort of emotional side of church. Uh, evangelism towards men is not very effective. I think in some cases, discipleship doesn't really exist. Ways of doing church, basically. Uh, so for many Christian women, particularly, it's really difficult to marry a Christian man. Uh, and the impact implications are severe. Many who are not called to single, they stay single or childless, etc. Or some end up marrying non-Christians. We can do a whole podcast on marrying non-Christians. That's a different kettle of fish. For children, that results in spiritual fatherlessness. So, again, these are UK figures. Only 16% of our grandchildren, if we carry on this way, will have a Christian father and mother. These are things that need to make us think, you know, because this is not God's, God's vision. So, go to that website, get the book. Um... And don't please, as, as you see, engage making Christian marriage possible. Don't think um, 
oh, they want us everybody to marry, and that's not the case. It's a really, really good resource. And if you scroll down on the website, they're also on Facebook, of course, you will see that there's other things, like uh, they point you to other resources, Christian Vision for Men, Youth for Christ, the Marriage Course, Single Christians. So there are resources. The body of Christ knows and is addressing not only the gender imbalance in church, but also you are not alone, as Natalie said. I just wanted to um, give people a link to that um, resource. And finally, I'm going to mention um, for those who are married or um, divorced or widowers or for some reason either were married or want to be married but have been married or, you know, something like that, uh, I will point you to uh, the website of a ministry called G218 for Genesis 218. Um, for now, the activities are restricted to the United Kingdom, but there are always resources on there. I invite you to go. There is www.g218.co.uk. Read uh, what's, put, what's written on there. Connect with the ministry. Send messages. Um, yeah. Do not do difficulty in marriage alone. So I kind of hijacked the single podcast to send a message to married people too, but hey, we're all in this together. Yeah. So thank you very much. Goodbye. It was, uh, as always, our pleasure to talk to you. Please, as Natalie said, reach out. This was episode 14 of A Grace Touch, and it was all about being single. Thank you. Be blessed. We are blessed. Have a good week. Bye.